The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon. What's going on, everybody? Eric France and I.J. Salveson. Uh, interesting weekend, to say the least. For a lot of different reasons, I.J. Utah State, lose. Some weird games in the NFL. Games that just want to, you know, yeah. Take yourself out for a late night to Paco's Tacos for some incredibly greasy, fattening food. But you can't see the menu because you're bawling your eyeballs out. And these stupid robot person's like, are you ready? Can I take your order? Are you ready? Can I take your... No, I'm not ready. I'm a freaking mess. (laughs) Give me my steak and burrito with bacon and eggs on it and with cheese. Get it to me for You're that distraught you put your life at risk. You, You know what? With some of the things you were ordering. You don't understand. Okay, because people like you don't care. You don't have a team that you care about like I do. So you don't understand what it's like to be passionate as a sports fan. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be passionate as a sports fan. You heard me, okay? When the Aggies lost, what did you do? You probably went home, went to bed, slept great on your $5,000 mattress, got up. Had some bacon, some eggs, some orange juice. The wifey cooked you some French toast. Went to uh, went to do some worshiping. Had a great time. A lot of Hail Marys and stuff. And then you went home and had a roast beast. A roast beast. With barbecue sauce, your favorite kind. Eric, me hungry. Your weekend was great. And I'm happy for you. I really am. And I swear to life, if you tell me that I lost pick six, then so Almost, help me, I will walk out of here with a vengeance. Almost 99% of everything you just said was wrong. But <laughs> 1% did I say was right? The $5,000 mattress? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Look, Eric, this was a horrible weekend for me, and I'd rather not recap it. So let's just go ahead and move on to what's going on this week. Shall we? We've got jazz basketball tonight. We've got high school basketball tonight. We've got... Aggies Air Force tomorrow. Even Coach Smith was focused on all on Air Force. He was not at all worried about what happened on Saturday night. He wasn't worried at all about what happened last night, Saturday night? He moved on. And so should you. And we. And the show. That's all I'm asking you. This internet sucks. (laughs) So... Let's first get to the NFL. No, let's not. NFL Wild Card Weekend. Let's and talk it about was the divisional wild. games. What's that? I say we just go to the, the divisional just games. Skip those? No. They were all wild. They were all really, really close games. All of them were fun. They were all exciting. You had uh, one game, you had two games going to overtime. All of them decided by a score or less. It's, it's everything you wanted in a playoff weekend in the NFL. Everything. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. No. Okay. Look. <sighs> Wouldn't you say is everything you would have wanted in a playoff weekend with so many close games? When you down to the wire. When you are successful as my franchise has been for the last decade, Eric. The de- last decade. Okay. We haven't no, we don't know what a wild card is because we haven't been there since 2009. All right? Since 2009. Which means that Matthew Slater and Devin McCourty weren't even on the football team yet and now they're captains. All right? Tom Brady had just had the birth of like their second child and Giselle was only making 100 million instead of 1.4 billion. So it was a long time ago so we know we don't remember what that was. Tom Brady had really flowing locks. And he had a great arm, and he made better decisions. He was smarter. He was a better quarterback than he was than today. So I am happy because I'm, I'm ready to move on. It is time to get ready for the offseason for me. And you know— Is Tom Brady also moving on? Yes. Tom Brady's gone. Where does he go? 
No, 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 the fetch that guy's going. But he's not playing for the Patriots next year. I can tell you that. Look, Bill Belichick is about a guy who moves on. You think back. Um, by the way, final score: Houston, New England, twenty to thirteen. Uh, New England loses their second wild card game in as many tries at home. Um, but that was in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, they went. Uh, they played at home against Baltimore, and they got flattened by Baltimore, thirty three fourteen. Uh, Tom Brady threw two interceptions, no, three. Two to Ed Reed. Um, Ray Rice had a day on the very opening play from scrimmage. ran 80 yards for a touchdown that day. And so, 20-13, uh, to uh, Mike Vrabel, the former player of Belichick, gets it done. Um, by the way, if you want to text in your thoughts about the wild card, 435-339-0321, 435-339-0321. Text in. Uh, your name will be anonymous. We don't know who you are. Um, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, when I, let's start with that game, okay? Mike Vrabel outcoached Bill Belichick in every sense of the way. Outcoached Bill Belichick. Think about that. A younger guy who used to play for Bill Belichick for seven years, no, eight years, comes back, is a head coach, and then, I mean, just, and, 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 it really, it was a kind of a microcosm of what the season was for the Patriots. Great drives, ending with no points. Right, it's just stalled or just mistakes. Mistakes, fourth and one, they go for it. I mean, they get to the goal line, and they have to use two timeouts only to get shoved back on, on third and goal, I think, and then end up with three points. Use two timeouts and do that. And then, late in the game, in fact, after the press for Coach Smith and I were talking about this, because... You know, Coach was trying to be nice about it, but he understood my pain. And he doesn't have any pain because his team won, and he's thrilled. Uh, when his team loses, he's going to get a lot of you-know-what about it from me. Um, but, you know, it was interesting. We were talking, and I said it, that that there was like four minutes of clock that the Titans took off because they per they actually used a tactic of Bill Belichick's, and that's when you take the oh, delay game incredible. all the way down. But if they decline it, if I'm not mistaken, they decline it, the clock still runs. So they declined it. Clock still ran. And at this time, Belichick's losing his mind to the referee. And he has no right to because guess what, Bill? You're the one that created the idea, man. Yeah. Well, Bill did it. Bill did it, man. He came up with that freaking thing. And instead of doing a second delay, which would have been a big penalty, they false start. They do a false start. With the clock still runs. And then the third time they would have done it would have been a fifteen a fifteen yard unsportsmanlike conduct. And the clock stops. Here's the problem. They Patriots get anxious, they jump off sides. And it resets that process again. So then they take another twenty no, yeah, another twenty 30. Yeah. yeah, thirty seconds off the clock. So we're four minutes into this one freaking little show right now uh, between the Patriots and, and Bill's just done. Bill's livid. He's lost his mind. And I think it was like, and, and, but that's what I'm, I mean, Vrabel took Bill Belichick's tactics, what he learned from Coach Belichick, and then used it against Bill. It was one of the smartest ploys. It was really, it was well-coached football team on Saturday night to beat New England. But even then, I mean, New England gets the ball back, and they have a chance to. They have time. They have like three minutes to go on the clock. They have time. They they and that's and, uh, certainly one of the best teams, best quarterbacks ever with engineering fourth quarter drives. And he had a the, the play was drawn up. Edelman was right there in the flat on the left side, and just uh, couldn't handle it. Dropped the pass, and then they had to punt it away. Uh, someone just texted in oh two four eight. Thank you for texting in. Hmm. Someone was right about Brady and your Patriots. Well, guess what? Zero two four eight. Someone's gonna be right about this. Only one team's gonna win the Super Bowl. One. That means that there's eight other teams that are gonna lose it. No wait, that doesn't do the math right. Seven other teams <laughs> that lose the Super Bowl. All right. Oh two four eight. And you're right. I am upset. You're darn right I am. It's been a rough day. It's been a horribly rough 
day. Um, but yeah, Patriots uh, out of the playoffs. But you know what? This is good because the Patriots get a start on their offseason. Look, Josh McDaniels is going to get interviews. Joe Judge, the uh, special teams coordinator, is getting interviews from the Giants. Nick Casario, the uh, operations guy who's really been the brains behind a lot of the uh, scouting and the offseason stuff. And behind a lot of the brain of the uh, of the everyday operations for the Patriots, he's getting interviews. Um, they've got drafting to do. They got holes to fix. They got replacements to make. Does Belichick call it a day? No, he's not. Com- he's he's coming back. No, yeah, he's he's absolutely coming back. Yeah, Brady's not going to be your coach, but your quarterback. Yeah. Brady's not going to be your coach or a quarterback. <laughs> no. Um, but, look, but, but, but but give credit to Tennessee. For just coming out yes, and playing, they Eric. do deserve a lot of credit. Ryan Tannehill was phenomenal. I thought. I thought Ryan Tannehill was really good. But it, it, we also kind of got a, a false sense of where what New England was. And you and I debated this months ago. They started out the season playing against some ver- it's not a really false sense. Well, Give look, me a break. They played against a lot of mediocre teams, and they looked really good against those teams. Which, if you're a good team, you should look good against mediocre teams. But when they started to get into the meat of the schedule, they were. 50-50, whether they're going to win or not. Eric, they lost. Oh, my gosh. Listen, man. They lost the following people. Antonio Brown, gone. Josh Gordon, gone. Fullback James Devlin, gone. They lost two defensive backs. They lost a, uh, And they lost two offensive linemen, starting offensive linemen in the season. Through the first half of the season, Eric. Through the first half of the season. And that's when they were winning. Maybe they were a good football team, when they were but they winning. lost their great players. That happens, man. You're going to expect to see a drop-off. Has nothing to do with the frick that they played the schedule. Give me a break. The schedule got much more complicated later in the year. And they still probably would have beat those teams hadn't it been for injuries. The injuries ruined it. It's, it. It was clear that this New England team was not like teams we've seen in the past. Well, I would definitely give you that. Yes. But I think there was a lot of people who said, you got Belichick, you got Brady, you got a winning combination there. They're going to make it happen. And I don't think enough people were were really looking at look this yes, they, they do have that, but they don't have much else around them. So I think there were still some people putting the cart ahead of the horse. No, I think it's the fact that they lost a lot of talent and look, if they have Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon as receivers and I mean they actually keep the core of their offensive squad, they're in the A's they're they're in the divisional round waiting. They're not in a wild card game. You take away, honestly, you look at the first half of that season, 72% of the production that they got, no, sorry, 75% of the production they got offensively was gone after the first half of the season, Eric. That's a lot. And you're asking Brady to make up for that? You're asking... Landon Roberts, the uh, defensive linebacker turned fullback to help make up for that. You're asking Mohamed Sanu, Julian Edelman, who's not who's like Sam Merrill health-wise right now at this point. You're asking uh, Jacoby Myers, who's a rookie, to all make up for that. Come on. Let's be realistic here. So the Patriots are done. Give credit to the Titans. Great uh, game planning. I think that they, they outcoached the Patriots. They outplayed the Patriots. Uh, their game earlier in the day was an exciting one, an overtime game, Bills and Texans. Josh Allen, uh, I think early on in his NFL career, I thought, ah, man, I don't think this guy's going to cut it. But it was really shaky, his, fre- his uh, freshman, his sophomore, <laughs> his rookie season. Boy, I can't put the words together. But I think he's really come along, and uh, he he was making a lot of really great plays for the Bills, and has for much of the season. But the Texans have hit another level, I think, this year compared to a few years past. I the adjustments that they made in the second half were monstrous. But I'm gonna just flat out say it: the Bills gave this one away. They absolutely should have won this game, Eric. They really should have. They got conservative a little bit too early. Made some mistakes offensively for some reason, you know, and Deshaun Watson was Deshaun Watson. Hopkins made a, a few great grabs. The running game got into some rhythm, but I felt like defensively they they missed assignments. That that one's gonna that one's gonna 
sit on Buffalo's brain for a little bit. That that one hurts them a lot. Just because they did have it, and I and I just feel like you know they. I mean, what Deshaun Watson, the squad, they drive. Well, I guess I mean, sorry, Buffalo Bills drive down the field, kick a field goal, and they did they miss it? Oh, by the way, on the field, I was at the game getting ready for a game, so I wasn't able to see the game itself in the ending. But did Buffalo drive down and miss a field goal? Is that what had happened? I will admit I did not see that uh, game conclude either. Sorry, I didn't see well, how that one ended. Um, but the thing with there it is. Sorry, the thing with uh, with Buffalo is that I didn't feel like they had the experience to go on the road and win a wild card game in that kind of environment. Houston's been there, done that. Billy O'Brien, the head coach, has been there, done that. Um, and I obviously it showed. I thought Mc, uh, Coach McDermott made some really weird decisions offensively, but to rally from a double digit, excuse me, hiccup, uh, second half um, deficit is really impressive. Um, but again, I thought Watson was really good, but I feel like the I feel like the Bills just gave it away. They really just gave it away. No, they definitely had the opportunities. Yeah, like they said, you they shut them out in the first half. Um, they started to the Texans started to make their adjustments. Uh, they weren't able to hold them at bay in the fourth quarter, and the uh, Texans were able to force overtime and then get it done. Yeah, it was team. on Hoshka's forty-seven yarder to tie it to go to overtime, which was which is impressive. Um, and then of course you get the field goal and. Uh, well, I guess you stop and see Buffalo had a chance to, we're going to have a discussion again because overtime became another factor in another game in this weekend, but, um, Buffalo had a chance to win it and they didn't. So maybe overtime's not the problem. NFL fans. I love the NFL role of overtime. And I, and I want to get everybody else's thoughts. Four three five three or yeah, four three five, uh, three three nine zero three two one, uh, to uh, text in your thoughts because I really want to hear everybody's thoughts and I want to hear good reasons why or why not overtime works in the NFL. I like it. You're getting paid millions to stop somebody. Okay, find a way to stop them. If you want the ball back, stop them. And then on the other side, both right, the game's just as much about defense as it is. Yeah, offense. and the Bills had a chance, by the way. They had a chance, and NFL gives them a chance, and they still can't take care of the job. So don't blame the NFL rules. Blame the fact that your team can't get the job done. So as you mentioned, there was another overtime game this weekend in Wild Card, Wild Weekend. It was the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. And it's a Minnesota getting the game in OT. Uh, oh, Saints fans. I was reading, I should save this stuff for tomorrow, but I already have another crazy stuff that I learned from a couple of people today, so I'm not going to use that. I'm going to save that one for tomorrow. Um, But kind of in a similar way, like the other overtime game, one team got out early, got out ahead, had a lead, let it slip away, but this time Minnesota was still able to hang on and get the, get the lead, not let it totally get away from them, hmm. unlike Buffalo. <laughs> uh, I think Adam Schefter might have tweeted this out that the Saints are the first team to lose three straight postseason games by one score or less on the final possession of the game. Oof. Really? Yeah, and I'm pre- I'm going to make sure I'm right there, but um. Yeah, three straight internet's being slow, sorry. But uh that's just heartbreaking. I mean, look, the first year you lose it because of uh how they lose 2 years ago. I can't remember who they uh, oh, they lose uh in Minnesota? That, yeah, the miracle of Minnesota. Yeah. Last year they lost because uh of the non or controversial non-call. This year they lose on a wasn't it really wasn't an offensive pass interference, but they lose on the in, in the overtime game. Um, so it's, it's, (laughs) I feel bad for New Orleans. I really do. But overtime is not the problem. It, it's your team. It is definitely your team. Uh, Kirk Cousins outplayed Drew Brees. 
How about that? That fumble. Yeah, I mean, okay, now granted, if Minnesota nearly gave that baby away because they couldn't freaking take care of business after the fumble. Um, yeah, here it is. Corinne Adam Scheffler, Saints are the first team in NFL history to have six straight playoff eliminations by one score. Six straight. Yep. Wow. And by one score. And the second team since the Packers from 13 to 15 to be eliminated in three straight pro seasons on the final play of the game. <laughs> God rest your soul. Oh. I'm man. My, hey, by the way, so now I think we asked the question, Drew Brees. How much does he got left in him? Or do you think he's starting to run on fumes? Uh, that's a fair question. I mean, he's up there in his age. Um, there, He still has some in him. I mean, they, they still had a good year. He personally still had a good year. I mean, he did have some injury. He was out for a, a period of time there. But I'd be more surprised to see him saying he's retiring than Tom Brady saying he's retiring. Yeah. Brady's not going to retire. If you can keep playing in the Dome, you don't have to play in practice in harsh elements. Uh, It's still a good program. Coach, good coach. Though maybe, as we've seen, seems to get outcoached at the worst possible times. But I don't. I don't really see Drew Brees as somebody that's going to be having a wandering eye. Yeah, go somewhere else. No, he's, he's pretty loyal yeah, guy. He stayed in New Orleans. He's he very loyal to New Orleans. Yeah, he's had that, many chances to leave, and he hasn't. Yeah, he's a, he's a god there. He ain't leaving. Um, and then uh, of course Seattle uh, in the nightcap versus Philadelphia. What a Eric. A lot this of controversy was the best in this game one. of the playoffs in my so far the wild card round. This was the number one game for me. This one was solid. Loved it. And I'm not surprised. I, I mean, you watch Seattle play. And by the way, if you're, if you're Packers, you're livid. You wanted Philadelphia. You did not want Seattle coming to your house. Because, I mean, just there's something about Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, and, and Pete Carroll in the playoffs. Well, nobody could have foreseen Carson Wentz going out so quickly. Yeah. Hey, dirty hit or no? Uh, the NFL rules say it was not a dirty hit. I mean, it's uh, it, the optics of it were bad, but he wasn't down all the way, and he was making the tackle. And yeah, it was a little dirty, but legally, per the rules, he did what he had to do. Give uh, give McNown a lot of credit, man. He came in there and tried to bring him back. Uh, I thought McNown was really good. Just, I mean, you're you throw him out there against the Wolves, <laughs> against Seattle. I know it's a home, but it's in the playoffs. It's a tough situation to come by. Uh, obviously, Josh was really, really emotional after the game was over. Um, got lots of hugs and, and and whatnot. But this Seattle team, Eric, it's a dangerous, dangerous wild card football team. Like I, I and I, I can't stress enough. If you're Green Bay, you're you're worried. Because that team's very much capable of coming in your house and beating you. Offensive pass interference? No. Late in the game? Nope. By the Seahawks? Nope. Because what, I mean, really, what is the role anymore? <laughs> right? That's, I mean, you know what? That is the million-dollar question right there. Because, well, I mean, now look, with the Minnesota game, right, when the guy extended his arm to the Saints guy... Is it P.I. or did the defensive player initiate it? I mean, there's just so much that goes into it now. So who the fetch knows? I say no, but I could be very much wrong. I don't think the referees even know anymore. They probably go back in the locker room like, hey, do you think it was offense P.I.? I don't know. What did it look like? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just crazy, and it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, did so you hear? I heard this uh, Dan Patrick earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is... What was it? The third time ever in the NFL that a team, the two teams faced each other in the playoffs, who also faced each other in the regular season and had the exact same score in both of those games. Really? <laughs> oh. So it's happened three times over in the NFL history, and the uh, 
Philadelphia Eagles have been involved in each of those times. Wow. Uh, divisional round comes up now, and uh, I think actually this is what you're alluding to a lot too. Uh, it, 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 every game features a playoff matchup from previous time. Uh, Houston at Kansas City is the second meeting and first since the 15 wild card. Minnesota at San Francisco is the sixth meeting. This team has a long history with each other. And the first since the 97 divisional game. That's Steve Young, Jerry Rice, that group. Uh, Tennessee at Baltimore is the fourth meeting and first since the 08 divisional game. That's when Joe Flacco, Ray Rice, Terrell Suggs, Ray Lewis versus Steve McNair. Uh, and Seattle at Green Bay. Of course, these ones have been dandies, too. Fourth meeting uh, in first since a 14 NFC Championship game when the uh, Seahawks had to rally back at home to beat the Packers um, in, in the last four minutes of the game. So, uh, yeah. Think, and think about this. With all the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs still, right, in this, and we're just in the divisional round, Eric, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are only ones that have won a Super Bowl or that are starting quarterbacks that have won a Super Bowl. Okay. Um, just, I don't know. Blows my mind. That's the fewest, by the way, according to ESPN Stats and Info, it's the fewest entering the divisional round since 2010 when there are also two, Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, and they'll face each other in the same game. So it's going to be down to one after. Yep. So have you seen the lines for these games this weekend? Uh, No, but do you have them? Can I guess them? Yeah, Uh, I've got them up right now. I want to see if you you uh, think about it. Give give me the matchups. Okay, Vikings, 49ers. Niners by eight. Vegas has the Niners by seven. Okay. Pretty close. Okay, Titans at the Ravens. Oh, Ravens by nine. Dead on. Okay. That might even be worse than that. Texans at the Chiefs. <sighs> this one's a tricky one. Chiefs by five? Chiefs by nine and a half. What? Oh, that's got to go down. That, that, that crap ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, Seahawks at Packers. Oh. Seahawks one and a half. Green Bay by four. Oh, no way. That's too high for me. Is that too high for you? No, it seems appropriate. To what? Me. It's in Green Bay. It's going to be middle of January. Seahawks are used to that, though. Uh, I don't know about they, that. They've been there, done that, man. And Green Bay's had an extra week. That does matter. That definitely does matter. Uh, yeah, any guys, you, chance to rest and recuperate and cave? Do you foresee any upsets? Ooh. Um. If anything, it's that Seahawks-Packers game. I, I think the home teams win the other games. I, I like the Niners over the Vikings. I think that one could be really close. It could be really fun. Uh, I see the Ravens taking care of the Titans. Chiefs and Texans, I still see the Chiefs taking care of business there. Hmm. I, I don't think it's going to be within a touchdown. Hmm. I, I think that line's – I like that line. Nine and a half. So, I, but I think the matchups are going to be interesting. I think you've got uh, some really good quarterbacks battling it out in San Francisco. Uh, I, I think you've got some dynamic, mobile quarterbacks and interesting uh, teams overall around them in the uh, game in Kansas City. And then you've got uh, two historic programs at Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, Super Bowl winning teams in Green Bay. Uh, so again, the games are going to be on the games on Saturday. That's the Vikings and the 49ers. That'll be on NBC at two thirty. Titans at the Ravens. That'll be on CBS at six fifteen. And then on Sunday, it's the Texans at the Chiefs at one o'clock on CBS. And at four forty, it'll be the Seahawks at the Packers. And that'll be on Fox. So I think it'll be a fun weekend. I think that this it'd be hard to top what we just went through where every game was close, every game was decided uh, within a touchdown or less. But, um, yeah, now now we have the guys that uh, had the first-round buys. We'll see if they are rusty or if the uh, the break did them well and gave them a little bit of a break. Uh, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, we'll shift from the NFL to the NBA. 
Uh, what's the latest with the Utah Jazz? How are they doing after last couple of days? They've got a game tonight, and they'll face a former player, which is highly regarded. He's one of the guys that left the team, but everybody wishes he was still there. In fact, we've had this conversation before. Yes. Uh, we'll look at that and how a former Jazz man is doing at his new location. <laughs> Fetch us. So we'll, talk, we'll discuss that coming up next. Also, we'll get into Utah State and San Diego State basketball, what happened in the Spectrum on Saturday. The latest net rankings are out. The latest RPI rankings for high school basketball are out. There is some high school basketball tonight and tomorrow, but then region play gets underway on Friday for the boys, Thursday for the girls. We'll update you the latest on the standings there. Also, coming up on ahead here on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, appreciate you joining us here on a Monday here on the Full Court Press. On the air at 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, streaming online, 1069thefan.com. We also have our past episodes there. And uh, today's press conference with Coach uh, Craig Smith. We'll hear from him a little bit later on in the show, but if you just can't wait, you want to hear it right now, you can go to our website. And uh, subscribe to our podcast. Find it there as well. Uh, Eric, a really uh, interesting week. We're going to talk Utah State basketball in the 5 o'clock hour, make sure everyone is able to uh, jump on and and uh, share their thoughts. Because we uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, when we talk Utah State basketball, and I'm being sincere when I say this, Eric, t- to get them ready, I want everybody to share their opinions and their thoughts. Okay, you just lost UNLV by 17. Then you, you lose to a San Diego State team. Um, that really is better than I think people thought they were. Um, but there's issues on Utah State side. I want to hear because they they they'll hear our issues or what we think are issues. But I want to hear the listeners' issues, the 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 Aggie fans' issues with this basketball team. Four three five three three nine zero three two one is text in line. Um, doesn't cost you a dime to text in. Uh, if you have like unlimited texting, whatever. But if you if you have like a rated whatever data thing, I'm a jigger contract, then it's going to cost you whatever a message costs you. Okay, or you so, can call in. We'll yeah, four three five seven five two one zero six nine. Yeah, absolutely. I, we just want to hear your opinions because look, we'll give you ours, but you may or may not like them. So tell us. Say, look, I disagree with you. You suck. You're, you're, you're wrong. Great. Tell me why. Why are we wrong with what we're about to say? Because we are going to give some heavy opinion on the eggs, which honestly is rightfully so. Based on what we're seeing, uh, Eric, uh, Jazz basketball has kind of found their train uh, back on track, and they're they're headed in the right direction. In fact, they actually moved up to ninth in the ESPN Power Rankings to uh, to get themselves back in top ten contention of that. But um, what you talked about the Patriots playing back competition, I'm with right now on that fact of the Jazz. Are we? Should we be that excited? That's a fair point. Uh, the Jazz have moved up to number five in standings in the Western Conference. One game at a second, is that right? Um, I believe one game at a yes. second. Yes. <laughs> They're a game, one game behind Denver, who's number two. Jeez. It's a very, very Here tight we go race again. in the West. But uh, you're right. The Jazz are taking advantage of their soft schedule. Yeah, I and I, I've been more impressed. Well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll give good things to Jordan Clarkson's coming along very nicely. It's been a nice addition. Tony Bradley's actually really against really That's coming. That's another one. Um, Great point. And do we need Mike Conley? <laughs> no, a lot of people are asking that right now because they're doing very well right now without him. Um, do we need to be spending $56.5 million on a guy that's injured and we could actually spend it on somebody else that we need? I'll say, yes, the Jazz still need him, and I'll remind you of your point you just made when we opened this segment. The Jazz are taking advantage of a very soft, soft schedule, part of the schedule. So what Donovan is doing, what the other guys are doing, it's great. It looks nice, but against tougher competition, how much is, will it be sustained? Would we have lost any of those games with Mike on the court? The fact that you have to think about it I don't th- scares, I think, I don't know. Me 
You don't think so? I don't think so. Would they have been able to beat um, the Clippers? No. I don't think so. <laughs> so, I mean, I remind us again, we spent how much money on this guy? Well, it's not what they had to spend. They didn't spend a lot to sign him. They had okay, to give sorry, up sir, a lot to get him. Okay, sir, what we're going to spend, him. though. But we have to pay him now. Yes. It's what they had to give up to get him. Which we'll get into in just a moment. To all be dang. Um, but, again, it, it's good. It, it, I'm glad the Jazz are kind of back into their winning ways. Getting some confidence. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans tonight at 6 o'clock. We will not have that game on our station tonight. I repeat, no game on our station tonight. Uh, because Skyview Basketball will, of course, take priority. The, they got a big one against Morgan and a makeup game at 7 o'clock, 6.45 pregame with John Newbold. Um, but this is a Jazz team that they've had some stretches where, I think Saturday was a great example. Orlando is not a great team. Yeah. Uh, you know, even though they're looking at the standings, they're number 8 in the East, but they're 16 and 20. Yeah, they're not a good basketball <laughs> They're well team. below 500. Yeah. But the Jazz... Couldn't put them away, really. It was back and forth, and it was anybody's game until the fourth quarter. But then the Jazz dialed it in and turned it on, and they just looked fantastic. And that's what they've been doing lately. The only one that got away from them that they weren't able to bring that in was in the road at Miami. And I think that's where they were still trying to figure out a few things with their lineup. And they've since figured it out, and they've done really, really well. Tony Bradley has really come along. You brought him up. Ed Davis is nowhere to be seen. Tony Bradley is taking his minutes. You surprised by that? At uh, the start of the year, I never would have guessed Me that. neither. I probably oh, couldn't dude, even have told you even that Tony for, Bradley was on the Even seven games roster. in, man. Even seven games in when Bradley was getting minutes, I was like, well, this is crap. Like, we got to figure something else out here. Yeah, when so uh, Rudy happened? Gobert got hurt and, uh, and Tony Bradley was coming off the bench, it's like, oh, my word, this is, this is horrible. And then Ed Davis got hurt. And so the Jazz are like, who can we put in there to anchor the the post? Jeff Green, you're our uh, you're our low post guy. And what do you know? He's no longer totally there not even appropriate uh, fitted to do that. So, what happened then, Eric? When did Tony Bradley all of a sudden put on a cape and be like, yeah, I'm Superman now? Now I can face anybody and compete with them. When and where was that at the start of the season, bro? I think it's. It's a, it's coaching and it's him putting his head down, getting the work done, and continue to work on his skill. But something clearly has clicked with him and George Niang. Those two guys, especially during this run here recently, have played quality minutes for the Jazz. So yeah. it's easy to forget Jeff Green was even on the roster the way that uh, George Niang is playing lately. He is filling that stretch four role that the Jazz have been wanting for a long time. I am impressed. I'm intrigued. I still think they need to do some work at trade deadline. I don't know who. I mean, I know they are like they've run out of assets to give up. Jeff Green, right, Dante you have to Exum, across. I mean, now you're just like I mean, you're on on fumes in that regard. I f- is Ed Davis on the block? I absolutely. I don't know what you get out of it. Maybe a draft pick. Maybe. Um, but it's not working. I just can't believe they... I don't know. Like, how do you not do your homework on the, on this? You should know. Right? I mean, we have one of the smartest general managers in Justin Zanuck. We have an incredibly intelligent and a guy who is thorough with his work on the league itself of players and coaches and such. In Dennis Lindsay. And then you have one of those brainiac coaches in Quinn Snyder. How does this happen, man? How do we pick up a guy, he he loses his minutes, and then he's on the trade be, trade block by now before we get to February? Well, I think there's certain things you can look at on paper that you can do your homework and look at the analytics. But until a guy gets in with a culture, that's, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I think that's what we saw with Dante Exum. Um, I think that's what was I think, not th- saying it was a culture thing. It just didn't wasn't working out with the system 
Sure. For Jeff Green. Sure. And I don't know what's going on with that Davis. I don't, but I'm hesitant to just trade him away for future assets. Because if Rudy gets hurt again, hurt, then we have no backup man, plan. You, yeah, you, they're no, going to need with him. You. I'm with you. That's a good point. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point. Um, so what do you do? I mean, I mean, because he's got to get minutes. Again. I just don't know if you can throw him back in, just cold turkey, and say, "All right, here we go, man." If that, if that, and heaven forbid, Rudy Gobert gets hurt, <laughs> you're asking a lot of minutes out of Ed Davis. Out of nowhere. I guess it's the NBA and you should expect to be able to be ready to go whenever you're called upon, but mm, I don't know. Who would you start, Bradley or Davis then? Would you start Bradley? If Gobert was injured today and there's a game tonight or a game tomorrow, I would probably start Bradley. Just he's right now, he's the hotter he's hand. The hot, yeah. I mean, he's not that hot, but I mean he's he's in rhythm. He's doing more. He seems to be fitting in with what the the system is asking. And Davis just isn't even seeing the floor. Yeah, it's crazy. It just might. Man, I'm scratching my head, just wondering how that happened. Because I was just ripping on Bradley, and all of a sudden he's come alive. I just don't know if he's if he's really got it. Like the it factor, because when we get back to playing. Right, I mean DeAndre Jordan, Joel Embiid, uh, Anthony Davis. I don't know if Bradley can handle it. Is he going to get bullied again and thrown out like a rag doll? Oh, absolutely. Teams, when they see him come on the court, they're still going to go after him. They're going to go right at him. That will continue to happen. But some perspective on Ed Davis. He has scored only three points. Since December 17th. Really? That's the last time he scored any points. Wow. Wow. Now, he's played in, he played in games. The last game that he actually got in was at the, the game after Christmas against Portland. Played nine minutes, grabbed three rebounds, had four personal fouls. <laughs> uh, so, what, we got the Pelicans tonight. Who do we got again after that? You know, you have the schedule. Yes. Because I know Pelicans tonight, I think it's it's still somewhat soft, too. Oh, no, uh, Indiana on the 8th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so they got, they're at New Orleans, then return home, and they've got New York, the Knicks, on Wednesday. Then Charlotte's in town on Friday. Then they head back out on the road. They're on the road a lot in January. Yeah. It's another East Coast road, uh, road swing. So they're at Washington on Sunday. Yeah. At Brooklyn on following Tuesday. What time is that? Uh, it's a 5.30 tip-off our time. Okay. Uh, then they're at New Orleans. Then they return home on the 18th to host Sacramento and Indiana before they have another road game at Golden State. And then return home to finish the month hosting Dallas and Houston. Oh. And then go on back out on the road for games at San Antonio and Denver. So that's your January. Still, a, a lot of games here with the Jazz should be able to pick up another big chunk of wins. Um, it's soft here for the next little while, and then it starts to get a little more saucy uh, the, the tail end of the month. actually gets really challenging at the end of the month. That last week is, is a doozy. Yeah, it is. That's brutal. But Jazz continue to play well, pick up wins. They could be the number two team in the West. By the time they're through this, before they uh, face Dallas on the 25th. It's very conceivable. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, they they can easily win you get, nine you, more you straight. you got to win the games in your conference, too. Like, it's great to get East, Eastern Conference wins, but you got to win the games in your conference because tiebreakers are going to come up. At some point, somehow, tiebreakers are going to matter. They always do. They always do in April. And they've got, I mean, they've got to start beating quality basketball teams. They've got that Dallas-Houston home split that they got. They've got to win both those games. I know it sounds crazy, and Tony Jones would be screaming at me right now, but those are must-win games. Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Denver, Portland, Denver, Portland, Houston, Dallas, Miami, San oh, Antonio, geez. Houston. I didn't like that stretch. Are you serious? That's to make up for all the soft games they've had here recently. Again, that is a stretch of games after one after another. 
Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Denver, Portland, Denver, Portland, Houston, oh Dallas, my. Miami, San Antonio, Houston. Before they Heck. get a break and play Phoenix, then they play Boston. Well, Phoenix is in no pushover, and you know Boston isn't either. But oh, that's brutal. That's that's not. And when, February when, is a murderer's row. Is, see, they always got one of those months, Eric. It's either in December or it's late in the year, and it's and of course it's February. So when does that stretch start, and when does that stretch end that you just listed? January twenty fifth. And it goes to February 22nd. Good hell, it's a whole month. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, well, they're going to need If you don't want to include Phoenix and Boston in there. If you want to include Phoenix and Boston, that goes to February 26th. I'll leave Phoenix and Boston out because I'm looking at playoff caliber teams and all those teams you just listed are playoff teams. And all all those Western Conference teams too, right? Denver, Portland, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas. Except for Miami. Miami is kind of squeezed in there. Okay. Um, Everything else is, yeah, Western Conference. Oh, man, oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's not good. That's incredible. Yeah, they're going to so, yes, they healthy. absolutely need to be picking yeah. up these wins right now. You got to, and you probably got to split that whole entire thing. I mean, you got to go 500. Anything worse than 500, dude, you're probably going to slip down to six, maybe seventh. Tiebreakers that, probably push you out of it. That's where we'll really know where this team Bingo. is. Bingo. Yep. Mike Connolly should be back by then. Yep. Everybody's got to be healthy. Like they have to have that that team healthy. Yeah, but uh, they're playing well right now. The ball movement is really well, doing a great job. The bench is scoring, which is was a problem earlier in the year. George Niang is part of that. Jordan Clarkson has been a big part of that. But the former Jazz man, who they traded away to get Jordan Clarkson, Dante Exum. He's fitting in well in his new home. 28 points, Ajay, yesterday, and it was in a loss. <laughs> but Dante Exum, 28 points, one steal, two assists, three rebounds. Not a bad line for the former Jazz man. <laughs> and you know what? I'm happy for him. Yeah. It, it, it proves that. He could play. He and Quinn Snyder just were not on the same page. Is that okay? So we get, let's push the button here. Quinn Snyder's fault, yes or no? Yes. But at at what length? I mean, because remember, like Dante Exum wasn't really giving Quinn Snyder a lot of reasons to play. He'd injure himself. He'd be out for a while. He'd come back. He wouldn't understand things. He'd be, he wouldn't be caught up like he should. Everything we would hear is that the Jazz are just taking it slow with him. Well, apparently he's been ready and he can play. And he can compete. But remember, it's for a it's for a Cavs team that can't have any else score at this point. True. They're looking for anybody. Hey, yeah. can you give us some minutes? Yeah. Can you walk and chew gum at the same time? Get out there. Go get him, Tiger. Um, let's go ahead and get to our Jimbo slice of the night. He says, maybe if Rudy has a big block tonight, you could yell, oh my, Rudy is making it pretty hard on the big easy. I don't know. Just a thought. <laughs> just a thought. And of course, Jimbo says, not to be dramatic, but if the Utah Jazz don't win tonight, <laughs> these are great ideas. I'm going to turn on my ceiling. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to turn on my ceiling fan full blast and, <laughs> and throw a bowl of popcorn up into the <laughs> I just getting ideas over there, dude. I want to see him do these things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to update you on how the weekend went. Uh, we've already gone through a couple different things, but how did their pick six go? A recaps of some other things that happened this past weekend coming up on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, Full you know, Court Press. You know what else on. really made my week my weekend really bad? Woke up on Sunday and World War III's trending. <laughs> that started trending on Friday. Well, I saw it on Sunday. It's just, I mean, come on. I don't, I like my job. <laughs> I'm trying to find reasons I can get out of it in case I do get drafted. Our 
pre or I guess a review, not a preview, a review of what happened with our pick six this past weekend. Hey, I I did not allow you to see the results. Yeah, so why this not? Is all fresh and new. I wanted to get your reaction live on the air. Why can't you just get my reaction while we're, we're off the air? Nevada, in case, in case it's bad, was in the Idaho Potato Bowl versus Ohio. We discussed this earlier last week. We already knew this one that you won that one because we set the line at twenty one and a half. They scored twenty one, and you took the under. Uh, so the rest of this has been unknown. Which quarterback would have more passing yards, Kirk Cousins or Drew Brees? It was Kirk Cousins, 242 to 208. I took Cousins, so we're now one tied, one apiece. Uh, Utah Jazz bench points at Orlando set the line at 30 and a half. We both took the over. They had 43 points, actually, so we're tied 2-2 at this point. All right, Tom Brady will throw an interception versus the Titans. Came at the very end, but yes, he did throw an interception. I said yes. You said no. So now I'm up 3-2 to two on you. Uh, Justin Bean rebounds versus San Diego State. I'm not showing you. Don't come over here. Uh, set the line at 12.5. You took the under. I took the over. He only had four. So now we're tied. It comes down to this, AJ. Carson Wentz passing yards versus Seattle. Set it at 225.5. How many did he have? Three. You took the under. I took the over. You win four to three. In this week's pick six. Not to be dramatic, but if I wouldn't have won, I would have took this chair and put it right through that window because I was not to go over three this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. You're on a you're on a winning streak. Here. I'm on a winning streak again. I am on a winning streak, and I am thrilled. Can't wait for my next gift. Mm, oh, I know what I can give you. I swear if it's leopard skin again, I'm not going to be happy. I thought you liked the leopard print. Well, actually, it was pretty cool. I look like a leopard. Uh, Eric, coming back, we'll talk Aggie basketball. Uh, by the way, just a teaser into that, 5763 texted in. Free throws were everything. This great Aggie team should have made many more of them against SDSU. That with a few more hit threes, and we could have made a great game out of it. Or could we? Love to get your thoughts and analysis after that loss on Saturday. We'll update the net rankings and also look at high school. The RPI rankings are out as the region play gets started this week. We'll update you on all that coming up next hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Even for the best sports careers, the end is rarely pretty. The greatest quarterbacks in NFL history are no exception. John Elway left after winning the Super Bowl. So did Peyton Manning, but those guys were outliers. Normally, a player's skills decline, and the team gets worse. We don't know right now what the future holds for Tom Brady, but his final pass could be a pick six in the next-to-last play of a wild-card loss to the Titans on Saturday. Brady is 42 and a free agent. The Patriots' offense did not look great this season. It was hard to tell how much was Brady and how much was his supporting cast. It's conceivable that he'll come back and New England will get him more help offensively. It's even possible that he could go somewhere else or that he calls it quits. That brilliant career could come to an end this offseason. While the loss to Tennessee is far from the poetic end Brady deserves, it's a lot more typical than winning a Super Bowl and riding off into the sunset as a champion. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.